if you follow these instructions. When we come into the land, you must leave this scarlet rope hanging from the window through which you let us down and all your family members must be here inside the house. Listen to what she's saying. Listen to what they're saying. They're saying cling to the scarlet rope as the only thing that hangs between life and death for you. Just this one scarlet rope. And you have to understand the prophetic significance of the scarlet rope. Because how many people know that the scarlet rope in the Old Testament is a sign pointing to the scarlet blood of Jesus, which He shed for us on the cross? You see, this is where this historical story comes crashing into our reality with resounding significance because this story is asking us, will you cling to the blood of Jesus the same way Rahab had to cling to the scarlet rope? Will you cling to the blood of Jesus as the only thing? the only thing that's gonna save you. See, a few months ago, I was reading this story and I had a picture. I had a picture of my hand and in my hand was not one rope, but many ropes. And I felt like the Holy Spirit of God to say to me, Haley, how many ropes are you holding on to? How many ropes are you letting out the window? Because it's tempting, isn't it? When it comes to our faith to keep our options open. You see, today you might be here and you might be holding on to the Jesus rope, but you might be holding on to the work rope as well. You might be here and you might be holding on to the Jesus rope, but man, you're holding on to the family rope, the people rope, the relationship rope as well. You might be here today and you're hanging on to the Jesus rope, but you're holding on to the self-medication or self-effort rope as well. In fact, I think today that most of us in this place are rocking a combination. We're holding on to Jesus and work and money or Jesus and people and self-medication or Jesus and self-effort and your spouse. Most of us here are not just hedging our bets on one thing. We're hedging our bets on a few. But can I tell you, there's only one rope that you're holding in your hands that has the power to save you. And it's the scarlet one. You see, the thing that encourages me about this story is that Rahab was a prostitute. And in the Bible, that prostitute had biblical significance. You see, the people of God, Israel, were often called by God a prostitute. It meant that they were spiritually promiscuous. They served whoever they thought would benefit them the most in the moment. And so sometimes, yeah, sometimes that was God. But sometimes it was the Baals. And then that didn't go back well for them, so they went back to God. And then it was other gods. They were spiritually promiscuous. They served whoever they thought would benefit them the most. Isn't that just like us? Let me tell you how most of us select the cord that's in our hand. We look at them and we go, hmm, which one do I think will benefit me the most in the moment? And so sometimes, sometimes, yeah, that's the church one. Sometimes things crash out in our lives and we look at the cords and we think, okay, I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna listen to a worship song. I'm gonna read my Bible, I'm gonna go to church. Sometimes we pick the Jesus one, but sometimes we pick the work one and go to work because we wanna ignore our problems. Or sometimes we pick the self-effort one and try our best with all of our intellect and all of our effort and all of our strength to work our way out of the issue that we're facing. 
Or sometimes we pick the people one and we dump our problems on someone else because we want them to find our way out for us. Or sometimes we choose the self-medication rope and just numb the pain. Pretend none of it is there. See, the problem is that what happens with a one-time option to pick something, a one-time when we pick up some rope, becomes a habit, which becomes a lifestyle. See, the truth is, is that, you know, one time I might face something, suppose the bottom falls out of my life and I decide that I'm gonna pick up the selfie fit rope. And I work hard, I make it happen. I work my way out of it and actually doesn't go too badly. Seems reasonably successful. How many know that the next time I face the same problem, I'm picking up that rope again? I'm going to the self-effort and I'm gonna work my way out of it and work my way out of it. And suppose it works well again next time, I'm gonna pick that rope up again because a once-off becomes a habit and a habit becomes a lifestyle, a lifestyle which you are not holding on to the scarlet rope at all. There's only one rope in your hand that's gonna save you. And it's the scarlet one. You see, the thing that we don't understand about these different ropes that we choose is that they all have a promised land attached to them. They all have strings attached. Things that if we keep picking them up and keep picking them up and keep picking them up and keep building our life around them, we're probably gonna end in a place that we didn't wanna end up in. Cling to a rope called work and I promise you'll end up in a promised land called burnout. Cling to a rope called alcohol and you'll end up in a promised land called addiction. Cling to a rope called money, you'll end up in a promised land called greed. Cling to a rope called self-effort and you will end up in a promised land called anxiety. Because there is only one rope in your hand that has the power to save you. And it's the scarlet one. You see, so often the things that we put our trust in to save us are actually the things that derail us. So often the things that we put our trust in to save us are the things that derail us. But there is hope. Because in this moment, Rahab the prostitute, the spiritually promiscuous woman who has chosen that which benefits her the most at the moment is choosing to put her faith in the scarlet rope. And if she can, we can too. And so the question is today, how do you even know? How do you know if you've been putting your faith in other things to save you? Actually, it's very simple. Ask yourself one question. What do I seek first? That's how you know. That's how you know what you are putting your faith in to save you. It's the first person you text when something happens. It's the first place you go to when a circumstance blows out. It's the first thing you turn to when something happens. The thing that you seek first, can I tell you, that is the thing that you are clinging to to save you. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Here's the exciting thing. Did you know that there is a promised land that hangs at the end of the scarlet rope? Did you know that there is a promise land that is waiting for you as you cling always and only to Jesus. Let me tell you what it is. It's a promised land called life. Not life as you have it. Life as you were created to possess it. It's a promised land called life. Firstly, life abundant. Oh, life abundant. Life abundant means life overflowing. Life too much for you to contain. You are 
contain the life which God is pouring into you. Did you know you were created for life abundant? Get this, some intelligent people have already noticed this. Rahab, Rahab was already living in the promised land. Hey, Jericho was inside the promised land. And so for her, the promised land was not about a change of address. For her, it wasn't about where she dwelt. It was about who just moved into the land that she dwelt in. For her, get this, the promise was about the presence. The promise was about the presence. You see, Rahab didn't need a change in address. She needed a change in identity. Here she is, a Canaanite woman, a prostitute, someone who is far from the presence of God. And all of a sudden, God moves into her neighbourhood. What happens? Suddenly, she is brought close, part of the people of God. She's not given a new address. She is given a new identity, child of God. And how many people know the same is true for us? I don't know about any of you, but when I got saved, I didn't move house. Like when I got saved at Oxygen Youth Ministry, shout out. When I got saved at Oxygen Youth Ministry, I left from my house and returned to the same house. But how many people know that I returned a different person? The old had passed, the new had come, something had taken residence in my life. I was a child of God. For me, the promise was all about the presence. Could it be that what hangs at the end of the scarlet rope is the very presence of a person? the presence of Jesus who has come and taken up residence in your life, the Prince of Peace living in you, the lover of your soul living in you, the joy of our salvation living in you, the wisdom of heaven living in you, the rock of ages living in you. Could it be that the promise is about the presence which has taken up residence in your life? Have you even noticed that Corinthians says that every promise of God is yes and amen, get this, in Him, in Christ. Could it be that the promised land actually was a person, a person called Jesus, because every promise is yes and amen in him. But remember I said that it was life abundant. Life so abundant that you cannot contain it. Get Rahab, right? Canaanite, prostitute, far from God. What does God do? He moves into her neighbourhood. He brings her close into the presence of God. He calls her child of God. But it's life so abundant that it spills over. It spills over because she marries a leader of the tribe of Judah. It spills over because she becomes the great-great-grandmother of King David. It spills over because she's included in the lineage of Jesus Christ, the Saviour of the world. Actually, I'm pretty thankful for the life of Rahab because she was included in my lineage of faith. Why? Because she was given life so abundant that it's spilled over to generation after generation. Even today, we are blessed by her story. Life abundant, it can't be contained. It spills over to the generation to come. Finally, life eternal. Can I invite the keys player to come up? Life eternal. Let me tell you something about the promised land. 
When God came into the promised land, man, he didn't just bring people like Rahab into his presence. He had a plan for the land. See, the land of Canaan had seen horrors. The people of Canaan had subjected to the land to things which hurt the heart of humanity and hurt the heart of God. There was bestiality and child incest. Their prophets would harm themselves in order to try and appease their God, small g, God. The land had seen horrors. And so when God moved in, how many people know it was His desire to rule over the land? a land that would perfectly reflect the nature of the King, a land that would perfectly reflect the nature of Jesus. Now it's worth noting that Israel, due to repeated disobedience and rebellion, were thrown out of the land for a time. But just so you know, the plan of God does not change. It is still God's plan to rule over a land which perfectly reflects His nature. We call this destination heaven. You see, right now you and I journey through a world that is in open rebellion to God, that does not reflect His nature or His rule. But our eternal plan is to one day dwell with Him and with one another in a place that perfectly reflects the nature of the King. A place where there is no brokenness because God is not broke. A place where there is no poverty because God is not poor. A place where there is no loneliness because God is perfect community. A place where there is no evil because God is always good. A place where there is no discrimination because God has no favourites. A place where there is no sickness because God is not sick. One day you and I will dwell in heaven a place which perfectly reflects the nature of the King. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and He will dwell with them. They will be His people and God Himself will be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying or pain for the old order has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making all things new. Write this down for my words are faithful and true. He said, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost. Those who are victorious will inherit this. I will be their God. They will be my people. 
It's a place called heaven, which perfectly reflects the nature of the King. Note today that the difference between life on earth is not, and life in heaven is not the difference between good and bad. Come on, it's the difference between better and best. Because when Jesus came and made a home in my heart, how many people know I got a little bit of the promised land living right in me? And I will walk through this earth carrying that land until I walk into a place which perfectly reflects the nature of the King. So the question for us today is what are we clinging to? What ropes do we have in our hand? Because can I endeavour to ask you, man, can you cling only to the scarlet one? The one that on the end of hangs life abundant and life eternal. Those other ropes won't take you to the places that you wanna go. Only the scarlet one will. What rope today are you clinging on? With every eye closed, every head bowed. If you're here today and you're saying, truth be told, I've been clinging to a few. Perhaps today you're saying, truth be told, I haven't been clinging to the Jesus one at all. I got good news today. Today you can again grab again to the scarlet rope because you were created for life abundant and you were created for life eternal. You just need to cling always and only to the scarlet rope. And so if you're here in this place and you wanna make the decision for the first time to pick up that rope called Jesus, to put your faith in Jesus, to make Jesus the Lord of your life, in a moment, I'm gonna give you an opportunity. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to raise your hand and say, today I'm picking up the scarlet rope because you were created for life. You were created for life abundant. You were created for life eternal. And so if that's you in this place, you're saying today I wanna make that decision. I'm gonna count to three and at the end of that count, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. You're saying today I wanna follow Jesus. One, God loves you. Two, He's speaking to you right now. Three, if that's you, would you raise your hand? Awesome, God bless you, I see that hand. 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 Are there any others tonight? You're saying today I wanna take a hold of the scarlet rope. Awesome, thank you for that hand. Once you've put it up, you can put it right back down. Church, would you repeat after me, say this prayer, say, Dear Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner in need of a Saviour. Today, I give my life to Jesus, holding nothing back. I repent of my sin and follow You. Thanks to You, I'm free. In Jesus' Name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen and Amen. I wanna pray for one more group of people. And um, I actually think that group of people probably incorporates the whole room because I think we've all been guilty at times for holding on to a few different ropes. And so I wanna pray for us that we would put our faith just in the scarlet one. 
And so right now, Holy Spirit, we repent of anything that we have held on to that was not of you. Right now, we put down a rope called work. We put down ropes called people. We put down ropes called self-effort. And we say to you today, Jesus, we know you are enough. You are well able to save. You are well able to deliver. You are well able to heal. You are well able to provide. You are well able to restore. You are well able to reconcile. You are well able to overcome. You are well able to make us victorious. And so today we say all our trust, all our hope, all our faith, all our eggs, Jesus are in your basket. We are Jesus people. We're not going any other way. We're not going down any other road. We're not following a wide path. No, we're following a narrow path because we know narrow is the way that leads to salvation. But upon every step, we will find you there. We glorify you. We praise you. We acknowledge you. We trust you. And we thank You. And we thank You. And we thank You and worship You. And if you believe it, would you say, Amen and Amen. Come on, church, my